podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Menas Masterclass, the show where each month I sit down with someone from the cricket community and go in-depth on their career. Today, I am thrilled to be joined by Gun Rounder from the West, Cameron Green. Cameron made his test debut last summer and has played four tests for Australia and one ODI. He has been exceptional with both bat and ball since making his first class debut at the tender age of just 17. In his first class career so far, he averages 56 with the bat, including seven centuries, and he has already taken two five-wicket hauls despite limited bowling due to stress fractures in his back. Mena's Masterclass is a Patreon-exclusive show, but I am releasing the full interview this month while many of our great listeners are in lockdown. Stay safe and brighter days are ahead. Now to Cam Green. Cameron, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Yeah, what are you up to in the off-season? Uh, we're in the pre-season now, um, but yeah, in the off-season, just try to relax as much as I could. I think everyone had a pretty exhausting um, summer, so um, any time at home is so valuable. Yeah, excellent. And uh, do you have any hobbies away from cricket? No, not too many. Um, most of our time is spent just training, really. Um, but yeah, I just love being back in Perth, spending time with friends and family, Um and yeah, unfortunately, we haven't had the best weather over in Perth, but um, I'm sure we'll clear up soon. And have you sort of cast your mind ahead to the Ashes series and, you know, what that could be like to play in a home Ashes? Yeah, of course. Um, I'll be lying if I say I haven't thought about it. Um, doing a bit of research in a way, watching the, the series England is playing at the moment. Um, but yeah, to be honest, I think you can get into a bit of a trap if you look too far ahead. So, um, yeah, the first few rounds of the one-day cup um, and the shield are going to be so important. So, yeah, not trying to look too far ahead. Yeah, excellent. And um, I guess um, last summer you were sort of restricted a little bit with your bowling. How, how, how are you going with that at the moment? Yeah, going really well. Um, working pretty hard with Matt Mason. Um yeah, he's been here for a year or two years now. Um, you can just tell how good he is. So he has so much enthusiasm, so much energy towards bowling and um, teaching guys how to get better. So um, he's been awesome and, um, yeah, tracking along pretty well at the moment. Yeah, do you think potentially next season those sort of limits that were placed on you last summer might be a little bit more relaxed? Yeah, definitely. Um, that's the plan. I think I hadn't got through a season of cricket for the four years I've been as a professional. So um, just to get through one year is a, a massive bonus for me. Um, so, yeah, this year will just be another stepping stone, um, just bowling more overs more consistently. I'm not sure if that's with restrictions or not, but, um, yeah, hopefully not by the end of the year. Excellent. And 
I just want to sort of go back now, Cam, and find out where it all began for tall Cameron. When did you start playing cricket? You know, I know you love your footy in the West. Were you tempted by a bit of AFL or when did cricket, you know, grab you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I was just like any young kid growing up in Perth, really. Um, we love our AFL, love our cricket. So um, every winter you're playing football and you get so excited when footy season comes around and then by the end of that, when summer starts coming around, you get so excited to play cricket. So, um, yeah, my energy wasn't put any anywhere. It was, yeah, pretty even with both. Um, so I think I got offered a contract when I was 16 um, and started playing when I was 17. So, um, yeah, that, that all happened before I could have gone into an AFL draft. Yeah, right. And was there like a performance as a young cricketer where you started to tweak to the fact that you're, you know, a little bit better than the players you were around? Uh, not really. I think um, growing up, we had a lot of great players in WA. I think I first Aaron Hardy since I was 11 years old, um, play with the next WA cricketer in Matt Spores um, since I was 11. Um, and then we've had Brad Hope, who was a um, another gun growing up as well. So, there was, I was never too far ahead of those guys. Um, they were always great competition growing up and, yeah, we push each other to get better. And from a, from a coaching point of view, anyone sort of take you under their wing or, um, you know, particularly mentor you? Um, my dad was a massive influence on me. Um, yeah, we used to train pretty hard at a pretty young age, to be fair, and that's obviously helped me in really good stead to where I am now. Um, but, yeah, I've had a couple of great coaches growing up. Um, I had... Ken Millie back in WA with bowling coach. And then um, Mike Hirsch as well was definitely a guy that um, helped along the way. Yeah. And did your dad play cricket? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he unfortunately never played first grade in WA. He just, uh, yeah, a bit of a struggler in second grade, to be fair. Hopped around to a few clubs. He likes to tell me he was pretty good, but, um, but yeah, he, he loved his cricket. Um, and yeah, the passion he shows, I can obviously see it. Yeah, and, and what about sort of um, your memories of cricket growing up, watching cricket and being a fan? You know, were there any players that you, you know, really looked up to? Any, you know, moments that you remember the, that, you know, really um, you loved watching? Yeah, just like I was saying before, um, just as a young kid in WA, around that time, you were looking up to the guys like Ricky Ponting, who was in the squad at the time. I think I had a, a white painted over Kookaburra Kahuna, just like him. Um, I'm sure every other kid used to have it as well. Um, and then I think I just wanted to play cricket all the time, just wanted to be doing something. So just try to bowl as quick as I could. Um, and at the time, Brett Lee was probably the quickest. So he was definitely someone I think everyone watched. Yeah. And have you had a chance to have a chat with Ricky or Brett? Unfortunately, um, not yet. I'm pretty sure Ricky's a pretty massive influence on the Australian cricket team. So I'm sure he would have loved to, to be around our team this year. Um, and unfortunately, with the restrictions, um, unfortunately, weren't able to have that access. But um, I'm sure I'll get to meet him in the future. Yeah, you do. Um, I know your technique, it's, it's similar to Ricky's in the, the way you play early on, nice and straight down the ground, full face of the bat. You sort of see that influence, but you're about twice his height. Yeah, um, definitely got a bit of a difference in, our, in the way we set up, really. But I think he definitely had that massive stride. Um, something that all of us used to speak about when we were younger. Um, he was definitely a guy that used to try and press forward as much as he could, and that's probably something I'm trying to emulate. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty good guy to watch. Yeah, when you press forward, you're like halfway down the pitch. Uh, so, 
I heard you say after last summer that you hadn't really spent a lot of time away from home or away from Perth and, you know, thrown into the bubble or traveling around the country, pretty shut off. How was that sort of learning curve for you, not a cricketer and as a, a person? Yeah, um, definitely had its challenges. I think I was actually trying to look back at how much time I've actually spent away from home um, actually in a block. Um, and I think the longest I've done was probably the under-19s for a cricket trip. So you go away for two weeks. I think for WA, you go away for a week for a Shield game, um, maybe have a one-day attached on the back of it. But, yeah, you're, you're probably home in a week and a half. So I haven't really spent that time away from home. I got a bit of exposure with the NPS in Queensland. So a couple of years ago, I spent four months up there. So um, that definitely helped. Um, but yeah, hadn't really spent that long away. So it definitely had its challenges. And did you um, sort of um, make some good friends within the Australian team? Maybe guys you hadn't known that very well before? Yeah, that was another challenge as well. Um, I think before Will Pukowski joined the group, I think the next youngest was Marnus Labuschagne at 26 or 27. Um, so there was a, definitely a bit of an age gap. And there was no other WA guys either in the test squad. So that had its challenges as well. There wasn't really a guy that I could pretty easily hang out with. So, but all the guys were awesome. Um, so welcoming, so caring. So yeah, I couldn't ask much more of them. Yeah. And um, you see, you haven't sort of traveled much. So have you played much cricket outside Australia at all? Yeah. Um, with the NPS again, we went up to India. I've been there two or three times now. I've got a pretty, a pretty good exposure. You can't really ask for much more really. They're probably the the most difficult pitches that you're ever going to play on and um, probably the furthest away from the conditions that we face in Australia. So that had its challenges, but um, hopefully, yeah, some really good learning curves going forward. Might need that experience with the Australia set to tour Asia three times next year. Uh, how do you go against the spinners? Yeah, in Australia, um, there's definitely a different way that you go about it. I think um, obviously it's not too much turn really, uh, especially in WA. Um, so you can kind of plant your foot and just block it if you're in, not in a great position. But that's definitely not the case when you go um, potentially over east to Sydney or if you go to the subcontinent. So that's definitely a learning uh, that I've got to start to really work on. Yeah, you can't get out of jail really with a planted front foot and defence down the ground. You've got to really try really hard to get forward and back. So um, that's something I've definitely got to work on. Are you a sweeper? Pretty tall, so it's a little bit hard too. But yeah, that's something I've been working on this pre-season. So um, yeah, there's always things to work on. So um, that's why I'm so excited to have a full pre-season in Perth. Yeah, Matty Hayden worked on his sweep shot ahead of that famous 2004 Indian tour. And um, so I um, commentate on the Shield, and you know, you came to the SCG a couple of years ago, and you were, and I had the stats here at 20 years old. You were the sixth youngest to score a ton and take five wickets in a Shield match. So phenomenal all-round achievement. And on that list, you got Bob Simpson, Doug Walters, Mitch Marsh, Ron Archer, Stan McCabe, then Cam Green. Now, you know, Mitch Marsh is obviously um, around a lot over in, in the West and you would have spent a lot of time with him. You know, I've, I've also interviewed Shane Watson and it's, it's really difficult being an all-rounder. What has Mitch sort of passed on to you? Yeah, it's more the off-field stuff, really. He's obviously copped a little bit in the in the media um, throughout his whole test career. Um, so 
that's definitely something that I'm wanting to work on with him. Um, I think regardless of how good you are, you're going you're gonna to receive something in the media um, or the comments even. So um, it's more probably the off-field stuff with, with Mitch. Um, but then on-field, you can see how good of a leader he is, how hard he works and his skills off-field. Uh, that obviously translates to on-field. And he seems really resilient. Uh, I don't think you really see Mitch Marsh get injured too much. I think he's played... I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he's played maybe 100 first-class matches with WA Australia or in county cricket. So he's got a wealth of experience. So whenever he's back in Perth, you try and yeah try and grab as much as you can from him. Yeah. Have you ever spoken to Shane Watson? No, unfortunately, he's another guy that um, I'm sure will be around the setup in the future. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a guy that a lot of guys looked up to, and um, yeah, his record speaks for itself. Yeah, I'd um, recommend, he's got a podcast called Lessons Learnt with the Greats. I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but, you know, he he's interviewed, actually, Mark Hussey interviews him and he talks about being an all-rounder. And, and, and then actually Watto goes and interviews all the other stars around the world. And, you know, if you're a cricket geek, I reckon it's a good one because it gets all technical. And, you know, one thing that came out from that with Shane speaking about his career is he felt that... um you know, you've got to be able to switch on and off with the bat and the ball, especially when you're an all-rounder and so much is expected of you, um, that you've just got to be able to switch on and off to preserve your energy. Can you see where he's coming from? Yeah, 100%. Um, especially if you're as good as an all-rounder as he was, you're probably batting all day and then or the next day you had to lob up and bowl, um, yeah, 15 or 20 overs. So I can definitely see where he's coming from, I think. You probably get so exhausted mentally um, because you are switched on, like you said, the whole game. So um, when I had a couple of periods when I was just a, a batter in the back in club cricket, um, it was really nice that you definitely had a day where you could switch off and get ready and really think about what you're going to do with the bat. Um, but unfortunately, that's not the case with us. I think it's a good and a bad thing that you have to be switched on every day. So you're always in the game. But yeah, it's definitely a challenge that we face. Yeah, it's very, very challenging when you got both. It's so hard to excel at both. Uh, you mentioned the media. What's your approach to the media? Do you read articles? You know, Smudge reads everything, maybe not so much lately, but, you know, he reads everything. Some ignore it. Do you go on social media? What's your What's your plan? Well, yeah, I haven't been exposed to it too much, really. It's only been, yeah, the first year I've really experienced it, really. Um the approach I'm taking at the moment is trying not to read anything. Um, but of course, the, the article headlines are always going to catch your eye every so often. So, um, yeah, you just try your best to avoid it as much as you can. And do you on social media or do you stay off it? I am. Yeah, if I try and use it as little as I can. But yeah, I think we're growing up in this age where it's pretty hard to avoid it. And there's also some good opportunities if you use it well. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a fine balance that you've got to work out. Yeah, definitely. Now, the Shield game I commentated where you played, it was at the SCG a couple of years ago, and I think Hazelwood and Cummins rock and rolled you in, in both innings. You know, what was it like coming up against them? Because they are just so good. Yeah, I think at the time I was probably, um, so yeah, so what you're referring to is leaving two balls on off stump, really. Mm. Um, yeah, there was definitely a time where you're watching these guys run into bowl. Um and you're kind of starstruck and you're not really worried about what you're doing. You're more focused on, yeah, geez, I'm versing Paddy Cummins or Josh Hazelwood. He's been around the, the test setup for, yeah, five years or longer, to be fair. Um, so, 
yeah, I definitely got starstruck. Um, got caught out a couple of times, but um, at the same time, I got a lot of good learnings out of it. So um, next time I'm in that situation, hopefully I cope with it better. Now, there's, there's what's called the fast bowlers cartel in the Australian cricket team. And Mike Casper had said recently, he coined that phrase. So we need to credit Casper every time we use it. Apparently he was reading a book about South American drug cartels. Um, so to tell me, are you in the fast bowling cartel? Have they let you in yet? I'm actually not too sure. Um, I think the fast bowling cartel, when you walk out onto the field, you do like a little fist bump and say, good luck, mate. Um, because obviously it's our role to to take the wickets, take 10 wickets for obviously as little runs as we can. So, um, yeah, at the start when we walk on, we pat each other on the back and say, good luck, have a good session. But, yeah, I haven't got a wicket yet, so I'm not too sure if I can add myself to the cartel yet. Um, you in this WhatsApp group for the fast bowling cartel, though? That's the key. Nah, uh, nah unfortunately not yet. That's all right, hopefully in the future. Yeah, hopefully by the end of next summer we'll get you in there. Do you look at someone like Pat Cummins, who at your age had a lot of injury troubles, was spent a lot of time on the sideline, but now he's a machine, can play so much cricket, obviously, takes wickets for fun. Do you sort of, you know, from your bowling point of view, think that this is going to be a tough time, but eventually there's something on the horizon? Yeah, um, he's definitely a great example of that. Um, I know Matt Mason definitely points towards um, whenever he can. I think it's definitely a long road to getting your body right, um, to bowl 35, 40 overs a game potentially. Um, so as a young 20-year-old, you're probably not expected to do that and your body's definitely not in a place to do that. But yeah, Paddy's a great example of someone who's been through a lot of setbacks, but obviously can become the best in the world. So um, yeah, take a lot of confidence out of his journey, I guess. Where, where do you see yourself in the top order or down the order as an all-rounder? Yeah, it's a tough spot. Um, if you're about too high, I think you come off the ground um, pretty cooked some days. So it's a tough ask to go, yeah, first or second drop. But um, you try your best whenever you can because they're sometimes the best places to bat. So um, at the moment for WA, I bat number four. Um, but that's with a lot of guys out the team. So I'm happy to start anywhere, really. I'm sure I can do a job hopefully anywhere. You, you really construct your innings in a classical sense. Um, where did that come from? You know, you build your innings. Yeah, I think growing up in WA, you um, got a lot of opportunity to, to bat time. I think definitely in junior cricket, you get 50 overs to bat. More often than not, you're the best player in the team, so you're expected to bat time. So, yeah, just got a lot, a lot of good opportunities as a kid to, to kind of work on that. It's more the white ball practice that you don't get too much of. Um, so that's definitely a skill you've got to work on um, when you come to the professional environment. But, yeah, had plenty of time to practice, batting a long time. I guess you were particularly happy then with your Marsh Cup performances at the back end of last summer in the 50-over comp. I know one, at least one big hundred. Um, that must have been really rewarding. Definitely. Um, just gives you confidence that you can do it. And then potentially a little platform that you can look back on in the future and be like, okay, I've batted pretty well then and how can I replicate it? Um, so, yeah, just gave me a lot of confidence, really. Yeah, because um, I haven't seen you playing a lot of T20 cricket, uh, but I can imagine, like, big hitter, bowls quick. Uh, I mean, you're, you're, you must see yourself as a three-format player eventually. 
Yeah, it's definitely something you can strive towards. Um, at the moment, I'm pretty heavily focused on red ball cricket, but I'm trying to work as hard as I can whenever I can um, on the white ball. So, yeah, I'm probably seeing myself at the moment as a potentially a guy who could do a job at the back end of the, the innings, but um, at the same time, you've got to get exposure and experience to that. But, yeah, hopefully in the future, you, I can get exposed to that a little bit more, as well as the other guys who try and... Uh, be a finisher so um, a lot of guys say it's the hardest job in the world so it might take a while but I'm sure there's a, a lot of things I can work on. Mm. Greg, Greg Chappell said on this podcast recently that he, he feels that it's really challenging for young players now to develop because you've got so many formats of the game. Do you feel it's a benefit for you just in the last year or two you've been able to really sort of focus on the red ball stuff? I think definitely yeah um you can see a lot of guys these days that try and heavily focus their, their energy onto to one aspect of the game. It's a tough game um, if you're trying to do all three. So obviously the best in the world can do it. Um, Dave Horn is obviously a guy that, that bats pretty similar, but then a lot of guys don't really get the luxury to do that, to bat at the top of the order and smack him. So um, he's different gravy, obviously. He's one of the best in the world. So yeah, for a lot of... Our guys like myself, you got to work pretty hard um, to get good at all three. So, yeah, at the moment I put my energy into red ball cricket, but um, definitely working hard in the preseason on the on the white ball as well. Yeah, there is a, a home T Twenty World Cup next year, so I mean that'd be something for you that'd be great to be involved in if you can get there. Yeah, um, and even if I'm not, there's um, a lot of good opportunity to watch and see what they're doing, and then. Um, we always get guys filtering through WA that obviously had a lot of success. So um, Marcus Stornis has been around the group um, all pre-season so far. Um, and he's obviously, again, one of the best in the world at, at what he does. And he can bat at the top and at the bottom. So he's helping a wide range of guys in WA. How's his rig? Yeah, obviously really good. Um, the weather's been horrendous in Perth and he's still tanned as anything. So I don't know how he does it, but um, I hope it's not manufactured somehow shirt comes off at training i'm imagining pretty quickly oh yeah but he's allowed to do it as well um a lot of guys don't really have the luxury to do that so i'll leave it up to him rather than myself <laughs> what about the um coaches over in wa you know uh, before adam voges it was justin langer how, how much of an influence have they had on your development yeah um early doors i was obviously jl when i first started um and he obviously presses pretty hard with his professionalism, um, especially off field, um, and then builds your character on field really. So if you work hard enough off field, you're in the best place you can on field to perform. Yeah, and he basically showed how professional cricketers should be like, um, and he was awesome. Um, and then Adam Voges now, um, he's been a wealth of experience that you can just tap into. Um, he's so engaging in training having as much as you can with little things that he obviously found it pretty good for him. Um, so, yeah, they got a pretty similar way they go about it, um, but they've both been awesome. Yeah. I imagine Adam's like a little bit more relaxed than JL, um, having met them both. Uh, what's your, um, you know, your relationship like, you know, with Tim Payne and and the, the, the brain's trust of the Australian team? You know, are you in contact with them a lot? Uh, not too regularly at the moment, um, but yeah, Payne was awesome. Uh, I think he tried really hard with the younger guys. I think he got on with Wilbur Koski really well. 
um, and tried his hardest um, with anyone that joined the group. Um, so, yeah, he's awesome with the young guys. And, yeah, he gave me so much um, confidence in what I was doing um, and backed me fully. So, um, yeah, he was awesome to play under. And, um, you know, I just want to ask you what it was like last summer when you sort of got the test call up, when you were presented the baggy green um, you just take us inside that sort of moment. We saw beautiful pictures from the West Indies with Ash tearing up when he gave Wes his cap. What was that moment like for you? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Um, I think I had probably a day to digest it. Um, I found out a day earlier that I was debuting. So um, in a way, luckily I had my girlfriend come over and kind of distract um, a little bit. Uh, what was actually going to happen the next day, I think. Um, probably the worst thing you can do is just think about it um, because there's nothing you can do before the game that can affect it. I think you've done all the training you've done in the world, so um, there's no point going out to the nets and doing more. Um, you just got to tie yourself out. So, yeah, probably the hardest thing was the weight um, and then, yeah, still pinching myself that it, that it happened last summer. What was it like when you got to relay the news to your dad and the rest of your family? Yeah, pretty crazy. It's obviously something that you've strived towards your whole um, career trying to grow up you know, it was a bit of a weird feeling that you've actually done it yeah definitely like I was saying before it was a pretty surreal moment um, just calling dad and just saying congrats and good luck um, that's really all I can really say really um, so yeah it was nice to have him come over um, unfortunately my mum couldn't with the restrictions but um, yeah it was good to see my dad there yeah nice and do, do you have a close family um, yeah pretty close family I definitely got a lot of sport lovers um, yeah, my mum was a gymnast and dancer, I'm pretty sure I could be wrong, um, when she was growing up. And obviously, dad loved his cricket and footy. Um, and that was passed on from his mum and all his brothers. So, um, yeah, they're all, all cricket tragics. Mm, any, do you have any siblings? Yeah, I've got a younger sister. Um, she plays basketball at the moment and she's yeah, heading back to America. Um, it's probably not the best place in the world to be at at the moment. Um, but, yeah, that'd be a good opportunity for her. Oh, wow. Well, uh, is, she, is she tall like you, I'm guessing? Yeah, thankfully not my size. Um, I think that'd be pretty challenging for a girl, but, um, yeah, definitely got a good size to her. Um, it definitely helps her, yeah, her basketball out. Oh, nice. I'd say you're in the, oh, the Opals. Um, so, so what was that step up like from Shield cricket into the test side? And, and you know, the Indian bowling attack is one of the best in the world. What was that facing them like? Yeah, um, I've said plenty of times that probably domestic cricket in Australia probably prepares you the best, I reckon, um, for international cricket. We've got six teams um, all stacked with um, Australian talent playing every single game. So um, the best practice you're going to get is at state level um, and definitely the best players, I reckon, playing in Australian domestic cricket. So, yeah, the step up, obviously wasn't as great as it as it could have been for other countries, but, um, yeah, still a reasonable step up. Yeah, which of those English uh, Indian bowlers did you find sort of the most difficult? Umrah, Shami? Paddy Cummins hit Shami in the first game, so didn't have to face too much of him. Oh, that's good, yeah. Pretty handy. Um, but Umrah um, was obviously a, a tough challenge. He's a guy that you're not really exposed to, really. Um, you can't get too much practice facing guys like him. So you kind of just got to play an instinct um, and work your way through it. 
But I found Siraj pretty hard as well. Um, he's obviously a guy that hits a pretty consistent area, um, swings in both ways. So, yeah, he was a bit of a challenge as well. And obviously, to be fair, you can pick any of their bowlers. They're all world-class um, and obviously got them into a world championship. So um, they're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully they'll trail up the palms. <laughs> what, you know, it was a crazy series for you to be a part of, just the way it started. You know, I mean, what would you, your head must have been spinning when you bowled in here out for 36 pretty crazy when you look back at it now um at the time it was just just a whirlwind i think you're just taking wicket after wicket and and i obviously wasn't doing anything i was just watching it at galley um watch it all unfold so a couple of good um, matches yeah helped helped um paddy get one um but to be fair i was just watching a master class of bowling and yeah if anything i can take out of it, it was just watching how they went about it um so yeah it was awesome to watch and then it sort of swung completely around to I guess, you know, you walk off the Gabba, you've lost the series. Toughest moment in cricket so far? Yeah. Um, we never like losing. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a weird feeling. I've obviously never experienced it before at international level. Um, and you've obviously seen these guys grow up with a lot of success. So, yeah, I don't know if you blame yourself at all about how you could have affected it or um, there's different ways you can go about it. So, um, yeah, all you can really do is put it behind you and perform well next series. So did you reflect on your performances at the end of that match and think you wish you'd done more? Is that sort of what you were getting at just then? Yeah, well, there's always there's always opportunities to do better. Um, you can turn a 30 into a, a 70 or a 100, but really uh, yeah, there wasn't much. They can do obviously when the game's done, so um, there's not too much point reflecting on it too much, and um, just pick yourself back up and um, be better next time. You know, since the season's gone on, there's been some, you know, and I heard you talking about it, um, you know, about the feedback Justin Langer was given. Personally, I sort of didn't read a lot into the media stories that were put out there. They felt a bit thin to me. But what was your sort of reaction? I guess when you read those stories. Yeah, sorry, what stories are you referring to? Well, when they were saying, you know, Justin Langer got some feedback from the playing group about, about um, his coaching style during the summer. Um, you know, what was your reaction when you read that? Yeah, I actually didn't read them, so I'm not too sure what was involved with them. Um, but obviously, like I said before, I've been um, been around JL and his coaching um, ever since I've been a professional cricketer. And, yeah, he's been awesome to me, so... All the guys love him as well, um, to be fair. When I was in the changing rooms, I think obviously he's a, a tense guy and just loves winning. Um, he loves coaching Australia and he loves Australia winning. So, um, yeah, if anything, it's just a rubbing off of a lot of passion. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't not too much to read into, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page with that because I just I met JL a few times and I, and I loved watching him play, but he just brings so much to the, the – so passionate he's so energetic you know he pushes seems to push the team to work hard but you know once you're out there it's, it's up to you guys to do the performing I mean that's just the way it is at top level cricket yeah he does obviously it's a very tough job for a coach especially when you're watching a team play I, I bet he just wants to get out there and and do it for us to be mm. fair um I've heard coaching is an even more stressful job um a nerve-wracking job than a player um, so especially when you can't do much about it, I'm sure he, yeah, he just would love to be out there and doing it for us to be fair. Definitely. Well, 
Cameron, thanks so much for your time today. It's been great to talk to you. Um, love watching you play. Um, so I'm looking forward to many more years of watching you at the top level and um, best of luck preparing for what's going to be a hectic couple of years of cricket. Yeah, I no, appreciate that, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was great to talk to you. Thank you, Cameron. Terrific. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Men's Masterclass. All the episodes are available for our elite subscribers on our Patreon page, including interviews with Shane Watson, Greg Chappell, Lisa Stalaker, and Robert Craddock. Enjoy. Sports Social Podcast Network.